going to be learning Kutzi Sichas, Chalikirtas, the third Sicha for Parshas Re'e. This Sicha is going to be talking about the mitzvah of a Mesas. Uh, so the map of our shir will be is that we're going to discuss briefly what exactly is a Mesas, where does the word Mesas come from. Then we're going to ask why is it that regarding the dinam of Mesas, the Pasuk brings certain examples. Why specifically those examples? And we're going to explain it. Alpi Shute Shal Mikra. Afterwards, we will go into Avayim Hashem, where we explain the Arab, both according to the Archaim that the Rebbe quotes, and also Alpi Chasibs. So let's start. So in this week's parsha, it talks about the idea of amesis. Amesis is when someone incites or instigates someone to do a Vaidazar. He says, come, let us do a Vaidazar together. So this is one of the harshest of errors in the Torah. And we find many, many very strict rules specifically about the Mesas. As we see in this parish itself, it says that you're not allowed to, have, you're not allowed to show him any compassion, you're not allowed to show him any love. Even when you go to court and you want to be able to Malamit Tzchus, if the Musas wants to be Malamit Tzchus on the individual that was being Mesas, he's not allowed to. If they already take him out to, to be killed and then they find a schus for him, they're not allowed to bring him back in order to protect him. So usually we're trying as much as possible to protect the defendant. But in this particular case, we're trying to always find his chiv. And the reason for that is because about how evil and how destructive this particular error is. Additional, very stringent rules we find is that he doesn't need hasra. He doesn't need any warning. There's only two mitzvahs in the Torah that do not need a surah. That would be by Adam Zaynimim and also by the Mesis. And the reasoning is because of the evil which uh, it, it has within it. One other interesting halacha is that you're supposed to actually hide Adam um, in a situation where he's, let's say, uh, trying to get one individual to do an Avera. So the rule is that that person should try to ensnare him and entrap him in a way that there could be Adam that are watching in order that they can entrap him and to uh, take legal action against him. So the point is that we see that the maces is something which is a very stringent, very harsh type of issue that a person could do. Where exactly does this word maces come from? So the Sifri tells us it can mean two in Yom. The first pshat in the Sifri means, he says it comes from the word that it means a mistake, a ta'us, a cherem, which is a mayor. It says it comes to the idea of to incite, Rashi actually quotes just the second shot that it means to incite. The Malbim explains what's the difference between these two pshatim. It says, according to the first shot, the idea of the mesis is he, it's a mistake because he's telling the person, he's trying to get the person to do Avaidazara by telling him the milus of the Avaidazara. So that's a complete mistake because there's no milus at all whatsoever to Avaidazara. The second interpretation that it means to incite is because what, the, what you're doing is, what the mesis will do is he tells you all the things which are wrong with Hashem. Hashem does not mashkiach, Hashem doesn't watch over us. What he does is he sh- tries to show you how Yiddishkeit isn't good. And therefore, he's like, oh, come, let's, let's try to find something else which is good. So he's looking at, tries to find the bad uh, which is inside Yiddishkeit. And that's where it comes from the idea of inciting. And that's the talk of the one that Rashi quotes. Maybe for a different reason, I don't know, but the Rashi does quote the idea of, of, of uh, to incite. So the question is, of the Sicha, is that the Pasuk basically mentions five types of individuals that will try to be Mesis you. It says, Achicha Beni Macha. Achicha means, your, as Rashi explains, we're going to go with Pirish Rashi. Achicha means your brother from your father's side. Beni Macha means your brother from your mother's side. Then it says, Bincha Bitcha, your son or your daughter. And then it says, Reyacha Shekinat Shacha, your friend, which was like yourself. Or Rashi translates, who is Reyacha Shekinat Shacha? This is your father. So it mentions those five. But the Shaila is, we know that there's seven close relatives that a person has, and they're so close to them that even a Kohen, who is not allowed to be metameh for a relative who passes away, he is allowed to be metameh for these seven. And by the way, I missed one, I'm sorry. Also, Eishas Chakacha, which is the, which is your wife. Those are the five. But, but we know that by a Kohen, he's allowed to be metameh by seven, the five that we mentioned, plus two more, which is for his sister, who is Absula, and also his mother. So the question is, why does our Pasuk only mention five of those? Why does it mention all seven? That would seem to make more logical sense. Once you're going to be bringing more than one example, you should bring all of them. 
Why only those five? So I saw interesting plan Yeshua in Kedushan Da Peyamidbeis, where he gives a, an answer, at least for the idea of a chaysay. Over there in the Gemara, it's talking about where do we know the union of Isr Yichud, or at least the remnants of Isr Yichud Min HaTayra. And it brings this idea of Kiyasischa Chichi Bani Macha. So Pnei Yeshua explains what exactly is the remnants from the Taira. So he explains it like this. It says, since we find that one of the people that are being Mesus, the father, is going to be the daughter. It says, Bin Bitcha. And the Pasuk says, this happens Beseser. So that means their father is allowed to have Yichud with his daughter. Because how else would it be Beseser? Since the whole idea of Mesus is taking place in private. So since it's taking place in private, and it's between the father and the daughter, obviously, this is something which was common. Adin, says, logically, it also worked the other way around. That a mother with a son would also be permitted. He says, but the Pasuk doesn't mention anything about the sister. Why not? It must be because the sister is also to have Yichud with him. So therefore, since it's not common for a brother to be with Yichud with his sister, at least definitely not enough times that she could be able to convince him to do a Vagdazar, it was not a common situation. Therefore, the Pasuk doesn't mention Achaischa, because since she was Isser Ba'arayas, therefore it wasn't clear. So therefore, he says, what's the source for Inyan Yichud is actually from these Psukim. Because you can see from the examples that the Pasuk brings, that only examples that the Pasuk brings, meaning the daughter, and as we said, logically would also mean the mother, uh, they are the only ones that they could be Seisa, but it clearly skips out the sister. Why is it skipping out the sister in the Pasuk? It's because the sister, it would never happen. Why not? Must be because there's an Isser Yichud with the sister and Kolshkin, of course, for any other of the Isser arise that we have in the Torah. But anyways, according to the Yeshua, we at least we find out why the Pasuk wouldn't have mentioned a Choyzcha, because we're saying that there's an Isser Yichud, and therefore that would not be something which is common. That's an interesting answer the Yeshua gives. Of course, that only explains it for the sister. And second of all, uh, this will not be according to Pshut Shemikra, where it's not even clear if the Isser Yichud is a Isser Midrabana and Isser Daraisa. Okay. Well, that's, a, I just thought, an interesting answer. And the second question in our parsha, according to Rashi, is why Taka doesn't mention your friend? We said, your friend who is like your father, we said that, which is like yourself. That means your father. Why doesn't it also mention a friend? If we're talking about common situations where it's like your, 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 your son, your daughter, your wife, why doesn't it also mention your brother? Uh, your, your, sorry, your friend. So therefore, the Re'em actually explains that when it says Re'acha, Shekinat Shecha, what Rashi means to say is that you should split the Pasuk into two. There's Re'acha, Oi, or Shekinat Shecha. So Re'acha means your friend. Shekinat Shecha means or someone who's like your nephesh, which means the father. So it means Takabo. But the problem with the Re'em is that, first of all, Rashi doesn't say the word Oi. Um, and if it meant or, he should have put that word in it. And the truth is, we find that's exactly what he did at the beginning of the parsha when it says, Achicha, Beni Macha, your brother, the son of your mother. So Rashi says, Achicha, Ma'avicha, Oi, Beni Macha. So when it says, uh, the Pasha Pshad of the Pasha sounds like your brother from your mother's side. But Rashi says, no, it doesn't just mean from your mother's side, it really means from both sides. So Rashi adds the word Oi, that he is Achicha, and then he adds the word Ma'avicha, so we know that it means from your father, and then he adds the word Oi. So if that's what Rashi meant, he would have used that same style. And over here, for sure, when it says, Re'acha Shekinav Shecha, Ashekinav Shecha is a description of Re'acha, your friend who is like your nefesh, like yourself. So if it's a description, it's very hard to say that it's a oy, it's like mamish opposite of what the simple translation of the Pasuk would be. So therefore, it's hard to give the Re'im's pshat. So therefore, what the Rebbe gives a different pshat is, and he quotes in Ha'ar, he says, Re'egur Aryeh, which I think that means that it's somewhat based on what the Gur Arya is saying. So the Gur Arya tells us that Reyacha means your friend. Ashur Kanashacha also usually means your friend. So why is it putting them both together? Reyacha, Ashur Kanashacha, which is including like your friend twice, basically. He says Ashur Kanashacha must be also come to include uh, your father. So the Rebbe takes this and explains that L'chayr, he says the word Reyacha, Ashur Kanashacha means, it means, as we said, it means literally your friend. Right? Reacha means friends, Asher Shacha means friends, but the problem is that it's putting you both together. Right? So he says, Reacha Asher Shacha means any type of friend, from the regular friend until the greatest level of a friend who's literally Asher Shacha, which would be your father. Or in other words, every friend is also Asher Shacha. That's why a friend would, could be called either a Reacha or he could be called Asher Shacha. Any friend could be called Asher Shacha because they are like you 
you know, that you have a love for them like you have a love for yourself. Any friend, you have a certain amount of love to them. But of course, there's many different degrees of love. So when it's, right, from, from just a regular friend to a very good friend until, of course, your father, who's, I guess, the closest and the greatest love that you would have would be to him. So when it uses the words, what the Pasuk's really trying to tell us is we're trying to say uh, a friend, any, fr- any friend who is like your nafshach until the greatest friend who is kanafshach, which is your father. So basically means from the lowest to the greatest. If you just would have said Reyacha, you might have thought it just means a regular friend. But once it adds this description, Asher Kanafshacha, who does Asher Kanafshacha fit the best for? That would be your father. So when it says Reyacha, Asher Kanafshacha means every level of friend until the greatest level of friend, Asher Kanafshacha, which would be uh, your father. It's interesting, it, it also br- does bring uh, a Pasuk in it when it says by, uh, it says by um, Yaakov and Binyamin, it says, Nafshik Shura Binafshik. So it does use specifically by a father and a child how their nefesh is connected uh, together. So that could be maybe a hint of why Avicha Davka uses this expression, Shekhanafshacha, that he's the greatest symbolism of this idea of Shekhanafshacha. But the truth is, it would actually mean everybody who is in between. So it would mean your friend, and also can mean the sister and the mother. So according to this chat, the Pasuk actually is referring to everybody, all separate relatives, and also and any friend. Because when it goes from a regular friend to your father, who's the greatest, it would also would include in there your brother, uh, your sister, and also the mother. So that would answer both questions that we had. Why isn't sister and mother included, and also why isn't the friend included? The answer is really they are included. The Rebbe does say that, it's a, the Rebbe does say, ah, for this answer, but he does stick, stick with it. But he has two questions on it. He says, he says that it's including the, the mother and the sister in this way. Then question number one is, why doesn't, why does the Pasuk by brothers, the daughters, the sons, that it says beferish in the Pasuk. But, but why by the mother and the sister is that somewhat hinted in the Pasuk? Why doesn't it say clearly like all the other relatives? Why doctor these two? Is it just like it's kolol in something else? It's hinted to in the Pasuk by saying reyach but it doesn't say clearly about these two. And it says especially by the mother. Because we, since the Pasuk is telling us, as Rashi says, the Pasuk, the Rashi tells us, the Pasuk tells you those who are most precious to an individual. And Kavachaymer, for anybody else, that for sure um, they would not be allowed to incite you. Meaning, is the Pasuk is telling you those who are Chaviv Lucha, and even these individuals that are Chaviv, that if they incite you and, and, and they cause you, if they tell you, let's do a Vaidazara. Nonetheless, you basically, you need to rat them out, as the Pasuk says, and eventually cause them to be killed. You have to cause them to be killed. You hide aid them. You try to get them killed, even though it's your close relatives. So for sure, if anybody else is trying to get you to do that, for sure you ought to uh, try to rat them out and trap them and, and, and get them taken care of legally. Um, so he says, if the Pasuk says Chavivim, it's quoting the Chavivim, the mother is the most Chavivim to the person, as we know. And when it says Kibar Ava'im, it mentions... Um, it, Rashi tells us that the reason why, by covenant, it mentions the father before the mother is because a, a, a child usually has more love for his mother, more than the father. Father, he fears more, but the mother, he loves more. So therefore, by Kivar Ava'im, it says first of, to tell you that even though you have more love for the mother, you, also, you need to have the same respect and the same uh, respect for your father. But the point is, we see that there's a greater chavivus for the mother. So if the whole chiddush of our Pasuk is really to tell you that even the chaviv and a call the chaymer for everybody else, wouldn't it have been better to say the mother, who is the greatest chavivus, and even her, you need to follow the rules of a mesis? So the Rebbe gives us a very important, uh, a very interesting explanation. It's based on a kalal that we've seen many times. We know when the Rashi doesn't give an answer for a particular question, it's because he gave us already the tools, he already gave us the explanations that we need to order to solve it on our own. So in this particular parasha, the reason why I mentioned these five is because of the rule, Dibra Kasa The Pasuk speaks according to what's common. And we've had this rule many times before. Just to give you a few examples, we know in Parashas Mishpatim we see a few. It says, when a person's gore, an ox will gore a person, and it tells you all the lachas of what happens if it gores a person. So Rashi tells us it doesn't mean specifically an ox, it could be any animal. Um, any, of you, any of your property, any animal that belongs to you, if it gores someone, you'd have to pay them the damages that was caused. That's common that it was a shore that does the gore. Another answer, another example, it says, you have to kill a witch. So why, 
So Tarashi says, only a witch? What about a sorcerer? He says, yeah, of course. It also means a sorcerer. It's just, it's more common a machshefa. Third one, the trefa, that you're not allowed to eat trefa. Uh, so that's meat that was ripped apart by the animal that was killed by another animal. So Rashi tells us it doesn't mean it has to be basada in the field, even if this happened in your house. If, if an animal became a trefa inside of your house, that also would be what the Pasuk's talking about. It's just it's more common that when does this happen? When do you find basa, which was attacked, an animal was attacked by another one, that's usually in the field. But in Hanami, if it happened in your house, it would be the same idea. So we see this concept many times in the Torah already, that Dibra Kasub Haiva, the Torah, when he gives uh, a halacha, gives a din, it tells you something, it's going to give you the common scenario. So therefore, also over here, when it's giving us these five examples, it's giving us examples which are common that the idea of Asasa will happen. So it's not just, um, and we'll, we'll discuss this more before, but until now we were understanding that the Pasuk's just telling you those who are most Chavivin, those who are most precious, and Kabbalah for everybody else. Now we're adding another idea. It's not just, it's mentioning who's also, whoever's most Chavivin. It's also mentioning it has to also be something which is common. So the mother, even though she's chavid, and would have been a good kavachimer to use her, but that's not something which is common that would happen. So the pasuk is giving you examples that also has to give you something which is a common situation. And the truth is, over here we had another, an added chiddush in the dibar kasev b'hayva. Usually, the way how we learn dibar kasev b'hayva is that when the pasuk has, you know, two options to give, it could have said basar basada a trefa in the house, or it could have said trefa in the field. So it chooses the field because it's more common. Or if it says when a kiigach shor, it could have mentioned kiigach, uh, your wolf, your dog. Why does it mention a shor? Because it's more common if it happens with the shor. So really you have an option of which word to use. So the Pasuk will always choose that which is more common. But over here we're saying that the Pasuk will even actually add, will actually add a word into the Pasuk. What's the word that, that it's adding? It says, it says in the, over here, it says beseser. It says that where it says that when a, your brother or your daughter, etc., etc., will come to you, besaser to tell you comes to you privately. So Rashi over here quotes this idea of dibar kasev vahega, and he says why is it privately or in secrecy? Is because that's usually what happens. People don't come and try to get you to do a desire publicly. They'll come to you secretly. So we're seeing over here. It could have just said, it could have just said that someone comes tries to commit you to do a desire. Why does it have to use the word besaser? Technically, it doesn't matter if it's Pesesar or publicly. Someone comes to try to convince you to do a Vaidazar, whether there's many people watching or he's doing it privately where nobody's watching. It's, going to, of course, going to be the same din. So why is the Pasuk saying Pesesar? It's because that's what's come. So we see that the Pasuk will even add words, will add to a particular situation to try to give you the most common and most classic type of case. And from this classic case, of course, you'd have to learn what the dinam would be in every, you know, all the other different scenarios or situations. But the Pasuk will always try to give you the most common, the most classic case, because that's the most relevant. And then from it, you have to understand, uh, you know, the logic and the theory which is behind this particular din, and you could branch out to many different scenarios. So in our situation, what are we talking about over here? So if you look at the context of the Pasuk, we're talking about an Adam We're talking about a mature individual. We're talking about somebody that has, of course, brothers, he also has, could have a son or a daughter, and he also has his parents, his father is still alive. So we're not talking about a young child, we're also not talking about someone who's very old. We're talking about someone that he's old enough to have children, of course the children are, I guess, old enough to try to convince him to do something, uh, to do a Vajazar, so they can't be babies, they have to be at least to a certain age. On the other hand, he still has his parents who are alive, so we're talking about, you know, someone who's, you know, uh, you know, someone, someone mature, let's say 30, 30 and up, you know, 30 to 50. I'll give that, I'll give that number, like a common example when this, this would happen. So when a person in that particular age group, who are the ones that will be able to convince him to do a Vajzar? Who are the ones who have a very strong influence on him? It would only be the five individuals we mentioned, not his mother and his sister, as we will discuss soon, why they do not have a great influence on a more mature, established individual. But before we do that, just want to mention a few things. First of all, we're ta why Take is the most common case of Asasa, the classic case of, of, of inciting someone to do a Vaidazara by a mature individual. Why? Why is that the classic case that the Torah chooses? So the Rebbe explains this in Ara 13. So he gives a, 
two, two answers, really. He says, al you could just answer, is because if you look at the punishment, the punishment is, yot that the Musas, the one who was, um, the one that they're trying to convince, the, 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 the Musas, the one who they're trying to convince to do a Vaidazar, the rule is he's supposed to kill the Mesas in, in situations where he's allowed to. So I'm not, this might not apply. Well, I guess maybe it would be. I'm not 100% sure, but it sounds like you're not allowed to be an aide for family members. So that means that's why you need to entrap them by hiding aid. So you entrap them, you get the aid, and they, they have the gemar then, and once they're supposed to be killed, the first one who's supposed to be killing them would be the musas. He's the one that's supposed to actually do the death penalty. So it sounds like, at least on the Pshuta Shamikra, that even though it's your, talking about your father, it's talking about your daughter, etc., etc., it sounds like the, the, the one who has to kill them would actually be the musas. But maybe not. Maybe the, when the Pasuk says, Yad Chati by Rishayna, it's talking about a situation where it's some other, you know, the Kavachoy Melacherim, but you wouldn't actually need to kill your own family members. But I'm not sure. But either way, the point is, since it says over the year, uh, we're talking that, that Yad Chati by Rishayna, so who would be the classic individual who has the capability of killing by it's the, the, the punishment over here is skila, so you'd be throwing rocks on them. That would be someone who's mature. If you're very old, you don't have the strength to do it. If you're very young, you're too small to be able to do this type of uh, death penalty. The only one who would have the strength to be able to do that would be someone who's mature. Therefore, the classic case of some of who, who, who this would happen to and would be able to have all the different halachas, that's also another important part. It's Dibar Kasabahiva, but also Dibar Kasabahiva in a situation where you could have all the ramifications and all the dinim, which are regularly applied. So that would be by a mature person because he would be able to carry out the death penalty on his own. The, the second answer the rabbi gives is, is that also in the type of situation when we're talking about, the Pasuk's talking about that you, you t- go to the individual and you tell them like, you, these, the, tell them about a Vodazar that you didn't know and your fathers didn't know. So if we're talking about a very young child, he doesn't know anything. So it's like, it's, that's not usually a very common type of, I guess, way of trying to convince him by someone who's small, like you didn't know it. The implication of the Pasuk is, it sounds like the person has some like knowledge. And I'm saying, here, I'm coming to you with like this new type of a desire you never heard about. If it's only someone who's young, he hasn't heard about much. So that, again, will not be the classic case because the classic case is you're coming and trying to say the person already has knowledge and you come to him with a desire that you never knew about. So that would not apply to someone who's very young. And also someone who's very old who would have that knowledge, but nonetheless, it's not common to try to convince an old individual to do a Vaidazar, because since he's old, he's not really planning on changing his ways. It's usually someone who's younger still at the beginning of his life to some degree, who, who's interested in looking at new things, trying to change his life. Vashenki, an older individual, it's not so common that you're gonna come to try to convince him, but he's usually not so influenced. So just to summarize what we've uh, said so far, so the main, the question that we were asking is, why doesn't the Pasuk mention sis, the sister and the mother? Uh, so we answered that maybe it's, it's Nichlal really in the side of the words, but we said, fine, it's Nichlal in there, but why doesn't it say Beferish? It should say clearly these individuals, because since we're talking about those who are Chaviv, those who are precious, and Kabbalah for everyone else, it should have mentioned the mother, who's the most Chaviv. So we answered, it's because it's, in addition to whoever's most Chaviv, you also need to have this idea of Dibar Chasbaib. It has to be a common, classic situation, and we're ta- since we're talking about a mature individual, the classic situation would not be uh, by, the, by the mother and the sister, rather it would only by, be by these other five uh, family members. Okay. And um, just to add maybe one Nakuda, this is R14, the Rebbe explains that over here, Usually, he says, by Dibar Kasa we find that the Torah only gives one example, like Ashur, Basa Basada Trefa. He gives always one example. Over here, he gives four examples. So this is what pushes Rashi to bring up this whole idea of Chavivin. Meaning is, L'chaira, once we have this concept of Dibar Kasa why do we need to also, why does Rashi also need to mention the Torah is mentioning those who are Chaviv and Kavachim for everybody else. Rashi doesn't need to say anything. Just say the reason why it mentions these five people is because Dibar Kasabahiva and that's it. But Rashi doesn't, is not satisfied with that. He says the Torah is mentioning those who are Chaviv and Kavachim for everybody else. Why? 
So the reasoning is because if it was just because of Dibar Kasavahiva, it could have just mentioned one example, like it usually does. But why does it mention a bunch of examples? It's because it's trying to give you examples which are, of not, uh, which are A, of course, common, but also individuals that are chaviv to you. And from those individuals that are chaviv, we learn uh, to everybody else. So if it was just because of Haiva, like who's the most common that this would happen to is family members try to convince you to do something wrong. So mention one family member. And then we understand, of course, everybody else, but it mentions the family member because that's the most common. But why does it mention a bunch of examples? The reason is because it's trying to tell you a second in that it's these individuals in Kabbalah for everybody else. And the Rebbe answer, gives another explanation of why Rashi have to still give the idea of Chavivim. He says even more, more Pashit, but not as Gishmak as this first answer, but it is also Pashit. It's just um, more Balabatish that you shouldn't make a mistake. Meaning is, if since the Torah mentions five, you might have thought that the rules of the Mesis only apply to these five people. But someone who's not one of these five individuals, it's you know just a regular uh, individual who's not your friend even, then you might think that the rules of the Mesis would not apply. Rather, some other type of rules would apply. They'd have a whole different set of dinim for someone who's not a relative. So Kamash Malan, you go after the reasoning. Since we're talking about it, it's because you're trying to convince you to do something wrong, and that's why all these didn't apply. So therefore, obviously, it would also apply in just logic. It also applies to any other individual. So therefore, Rashi just zakt as klark. That's a that you shouldn't make such a mistake that it's only these individuals. Rather, it means these and kalbachaymer for everybody else. So that, according to the second shot, it's more of a balabatisha thing that he's trying to explain to you. Just don't make a mistake. Okay, let's go weiter. So now what we just need to understand is why Dafka is it by the mother and the sister were saying that's they're not someone who usually would be able to convince a mature adult to do a vajazar. So the, the, the shot is then general that there's two there's two ways how a Mesis usually tries to convince a Musa to do something to do a vajazar. One way is he uses a seichel. He tries to give him reasons up why he should do a vajazar. The second option is, it's based on shachenshaft, that they're, they're, they're close, they're, they're, they're neighbors, they're living together. Its idea is that when you're with people, that has a certain effect on the way that you think. So it's not necessarily a logical way that, um, logical, like you came up to it logically, but rather just being in a certain environment, you take on certain premises and certain beliefs really by osmosis. Someone asks you, why do you believe that way? It's, oh, I don't know. It's just because that, that, that's always what you thought because that's the way you brought up. Or that you've lived with someone for so many years, that the way that the other person acts in certain scenarios or believes certain things, by osmosis, you automatically believe that even if it wasn't something that you came to it logically. So these are the two ways how a mesis usually works. So what, what are the, so, what are the examples of each way? So the one that comes to you with logic, that's usually your brother. Either from your mother's side, your father's side, and also your, your father. Those three individuals. Why? Because they're not living with you. Right? They're, your they're already married, as we know. But rather, but they are individuals either by the brothers, they're someone who's intellectually equal. If it's your father, your father's somewhat of a mentor. These are individuals that are trying to direct you, to lead you, to guide you. So they're coming with seichel. When it comes to the second option of of, of just by living together, by way of osmosis, you kind of change the way that you, be, you believe and think, that makes more sense by your wife and also your son and your daughter. They're not coming necessarily to you with rules of logic because the father is usually training the children. He's the one that usually is guiding the family in a particular derech. But by way of osmosis, if the children or, or wife behave in a certain way, if they have certain leap, that automatically will also have an effect on the father. So that's why those are the examples that are given in the past. And the reason why it's mentioned in this, it's mentioned in a particular order. It's funny, right? It's mentioned first the brother, which is the two brothers, which are the first iphon, And then it goes to the second iphon, which is the son, the daughter, and the man. And then it jumps back to the first iphon again by the father. Why does it have such a funny order? So the Rebbe explains it's because the Pasuk's going by those who are the most precious to the individual. And it goes from First it mentions the brother from your father's side. Um, there's a little bit of animosity there. The Malbim explains and others that there could be some animosity because of the Yerusha, because you're both going to be inheriting from the father. So there is some, some level of animosity, some competition over there. The next level of closest would be Beni Mecha. 
as Rebbe says, Kinir Bemuchesh, that when you come from the same mother, um, there, there is a certain, a much greater closeness than those who came from the same mother. If you want to just give an example, we can see that, you know, by the children of Yaakov, that he always kind of groups them by the mother, that we see that there's a certain closeness that those who are the children of a particular mother have. Um, and at, at the end of this year, we'll go back to the hour where the Rebbe brings in many examples of this concept. But just take it for now that this is Kinir B'mochesh of the Rebbe Sayyid's in the Pinim. The third level would be your, your children. The next level of closeness that you have would be to your wife, Eishas Chakacha, as um, Rashi actually brings by Rivka and Sarah, that when Rivka came into Sarah's tent, uh, Rivka became Sarah, meaning is she took the place of, the, of Yitzchak's mother. She, she replaces him. She, a person is Masnach and Achar Mises, only once his wife takes her place. So we see that the wife has that same closeness to you, uh, you know, basically as motherly love to, 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 to a certain extent. And then the greatest love will be from, of course, a father, a father to the child. That's the greatest love that there is a Shekhanat Shacha. And the Rebbe points out in Ha'ara that a Shekhanat Shacha, a Reyacha, also means your friend Kipshutai, as we said. Reyacha, Shekhanat Shacha, Kipshutai would also mean your friend. He says the reason why that would also be the greatest, like it's mentioned all the way at the end, is because Reyacha has a Chavivus, that he's the greatest one that's able to influence you. As he said, the Rebbe says, Kinir B'chosh, that your friends have a greater influence on you even more than your family does. So therefore, he's mentioned in the highest category is because he's included in the category that he had because he has the greatest level of influence uh, on you. And now we can finally understand why the sister and the mother are not mentioned. It's just because they don't have either of these two forms of, of haisasa, of, of enticing the person to do a desire. Both of them are not his intellectual um, equals. So the only way that they would really have a connection would be because they're living together. But a person doesn't live with his sister. So his sister really has a very small chance of being able to uh, entice him because they're not having intellectual discussions and they're also not living together. By the mother, there is, of course, a much greater level of chavivus, and they do spend uh, some time together. But again, they're not living together. So therefore, the, the feeling of love that he has to her would not be enough that you'd be able to change his way by osmosis to change who he is. Therefore, they are not mentioned in the uh, parsha. So that explains, just to summarize before we do some Rs, this would explain why, that again, the sister and the mother are not mentioned at all in the Pasuk is because even though they're, that they're the most chavivim, especially the mother's the most chaviv, is because, again, the Pasuk is saying, Dibar kasav v'hayvah, has to be also those who are common. Since we're talking about the most classic cases by a mature individual, this is uh, that, 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 he's, that they're trying to convince him to do Avaydu Zara. And the way to, to be able to do Avaydu Zara, to convince someone, is either by Inyon Sechel or by Vesmosis. Those two ways are not really shy by the mother and the sister, therefore they're not mentioned beferish, uh, in the Pesukim. We're going to continue now with the Hayra and Avedis Hashem. And there's two Hayrais that the Rebbe gives. One of them is a quote uh, in R23 from the Archaim, and of course the one that's in the Pnim, which is based on Chassidus. So we'll start with the one the Ara. So the Archaim explains that this that the Torah gives these relatives, uh, it's because the relatives that are being quoted aren't just relatives, but these are also within the person himself. And the Archaim splits it into four. He reads Achicha Ben Imecha as, as one. That's one Kayach. Then you have Bintcha or Bitcha as the second. Then you have the Eish Shekecha is the third. And the fourth, last one would be Reyacha Shekenav Shacha. And he explains like this. He says, Ach, the idea of a brother is the idea of, of uh, comes to the word of, of joining, this Achet, to join. And he says, this is referring to the Yetzirah, which joins the person as soon as he's born. And the reason why it's called Bani Mecha, because this comes from Chava. Because before Chava did the Chet of the Yetzirah, the Yetzirah and the person were separate from each other. or something which is an external type of Ra. Once she ate from the Yetzirah, what happened is the Ra was able to enter within her. And the evil, these temptations, are part of the person himself. So the first reason why a person gets enticed 
is because he has within himself the Yetzirah from his birth. And that's the Mishachet, joined from birth. The second thing is, is the Ben of the Bas. The Ben of the Bas is, of course, is, is a Maisim, is the Maisim, is the acts that a person does. Then when a person does, God forbid, an Avera, this causes him to start enjoying and desiring to do that particular act. And the more often he does that act, the more the chafetz and the desire is. It creates within him, tevalid by chafetz, as the Lashon Lachayim, it creates within him a desire to do that particular act and becomes part of his a habit and um, things that he enjoys to do. And this is the concept of a very rare severe. You do one of error, that pushes you to the next. This is also why it says, The reasoning is because the Balchuva has these tendencies that he created within himself, these desires, which a tzaddik never had. And of course, the Midotayva, when a person does a good deed, he creates a desire to do good. And the more he does it, the more the rubber writes in a yam yam. When a person does good, he's able to create within himself a chush, a, a desire, a, a, a geschmack, a taste for helping out someone else. Uh, the third level is Eishas Chikacha. And Eishas Chikacha is, is, is someone who joins you, is your wife that joins with you. That's the concept of when a person does evil, if he does enough evil, he's able to, uh, what happens is he gets an ashama of Ra that attaches himself to him, who causes him to do even more bad. Similar to that, we have this concept of a, of a neshama Yisera that, ha- that comes to a person on Shabbos or a person's a tzaddik who does a lot of good deeds. He's able to have an ibor of a good neshama when a person is constantly doing Ra, there's an Inel Pikabala that a Neshama, a, a Tesefis Tuma of Klipa is able to join him, which causes him to even be more enticed to do bad. It's like a, like a craziness, I mean, maybe in like a more of a, 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 like a psychological term. It's, it's sometimes a person can get so, has such an addiction to certain things. He becomes like a, it changes the way he thinks. It becomes like a different person almost. And the fourth level, which she says, Riacha Shekinat Shacha, is when your friend becomes who you are, that it becomes to such a state. It's not just that you have yourself and you have this other neshama within you that's pushing you to do bad. Your neshama itself has become completely converted um, and, and be- becoming the riacha, becoming the same as the friend, which in this situation would be the, 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 the ra and the tuma, which is within you. So what's the etza? What's the etza to be able to fight against these particular things? So this is what it says in the Hemshech HaPsukim, it says, it says, You should not listen to him. You should not, uh, you should not listen. You should not heed him. You should not listen to him. Which Orchaim explains is that it means you shouldn't come into have tainus and start debating him if this is something which is good or something which is bad. And then the pasuk continues, You shouldn't have any mercy on him. That refers to the concept of. Of that you have to distance yourself from Tivus, even Dvarm Hamatarim. So not to have any mercy is like not having any, not giving into the Nefesh Bahamas, giving into the Ra at all, even for things which are mutter. And he says this is also the concept of, of, of a tainus, is in a sense to break the desire uh, that you've created within yourself for all these types of Kufnistik uh, And the third thing is Loi not to cover up for the Yitzhahara. And he gives an example of the story of Rab Amram Chasida, that Amram Chasida, he, with, with his students, they redeemed a bunch of Jewish women who were captives. And in order to make sure that none of the students, or himself, would have any desire to be with these women, he put them in the attic and then moved away the ladder, which takes a few people. So he had all the students go together and they pushed away the ladder so no one would be able to join them at night. And it says that evening he had such a strong desire, he pushed the ladder all by himself and he climbed up. And he was getting up there, he realized he was not able to control the temptation. So he starts screaming, fire, fire. And all the students come to see what's going on. And they realized that there wasn't any fire. And they understood what was going on, that he was talking about the fire of his own Yitzhahara. So, so he tells them it's better to be embarrassed in this world than to be embarrassed forever in the world to come. But the idea is, you don't cover up. And then the Pasuk says, that nonetheless, your hand should be there first to try to kill the Yitzhar. Meaning is, to embarrass yourself is never the first option. First, you have to try the other ones, not coming into tightness, the fasting, everything else that breaks the desire. But if you know that you're unable to control the temptation, then you need to get help. And even if it would be in a situation where you have to be, be embarrassed yourself 
to get other people to join you to know what's going on, then that's what you have to do. So that's a beautiful uh, shot from the Archaim. The Rebbe brings the Pirush Apichas of this that says that the different, the, the different again, similar idea to the Archaim is that the different Madrigas in, in the Pasik are talking about different Koychas in the person, the Seichel, the Midas, etc. And he says that even when you have Seichel and Midas and all these um, forces and faculties which are being utilized to serve Hashem, since a person has a Negias, he has his own Mitzias, therefore it's he, he might be, he, he, there, there is a certain mix of his own desire, his own motives, which are causing him and pushing him to do, but even if you're doing the right things, to do Torah mitzvahs. And because of this, 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 these external motives, which are in Hashem Shemayim, it can ultimately cause him to go against what Hashem wants. And this is true even, he says, from the highest level. The highest level that Pasik talks about is the Riach HaShekinach which is the idea of the Father, which I'll be chassidus, the Av always means Chachma. The level of Chachma is where the R and Saif is shared. As it says in Tanya, that when a person uh, is in a situation of, of Mesir Snefesh, the R and Saif, which is inside of his Chachma, wakes up and gets him to do this uh, uh, Mesir Snefesh. But nonetheless, he says, even this Kayach HaChachma in you also has the Gis. Because the way that you think has a certain, um, certain uh, um, you're, you're biased. There's a certain bias in the way that you think. So even though we're talking about the Kaycha Chachma, and the reason why the Kaycha Chachma is the cleave for the Aron Saif, because Chachma by its very nature is something which is bottle. In order to truly understand, either to come up with or understand a totally new concept, you have to put your previous knowledge and your previous biases on the side and become completely bottle to be able to accept something which is totally new. Bina is taking the knowledge, the Chachma, the, the concepts that you have and developing them. So it's very connected to your Matthias because it's Bina is all about how I understand it. So it's Bina's, you know, the patterns that you're with your own mind have certain patterns, have different ways of thinking, and you're able to develop something which is already there into the way that your mind thinks. But Chachma is the opposite. The whole purpose of Chachma is not to understand something the way you understand it, but rather try to understand the new concept, try to grasp or some, and to come up with something which is completely new. And that's why you're, you're listening to someone the more you're able to invoke the power of Chachma, the greater the appreciation and understanding you could have for the other person. So if you're a Chachma, you're a good listener. If you're using your Bina, then you're not a good listener because even when the other individual is listening, you're already translating what he's saying into your own words instead of really trying to understand what they're saying. So Chachma is, is something which is bottle, and that's why it's able to have the Oren Saif Bishayr in it because uh, it's because the Oren Saif is something which is ultimately much greater and infinitely higher than the person. So the only way for us to be able to have any appreciation of the Aron Saif is by putting ourselves on the side and be able to take the Aron Saif as is. That's why Chachma is the cleave of the Aron Saif. And therefore, in situations of Sir Snapesh, it's the Aron Saif, which is the Chachma, which gets awakened. But nevertheless, even the level of Chachma is able uh, to become mixed with Ra, as we know. It says, that bribery blinds the eyes, the eyes of, the, of the wise. That means a, when a judge takes bribery, so even if he comes into this case with an open mind, and he's not, he took the bribe, but he says, you know what, I'm still going to come in, it's going to be open mind, I'm going to listen to the Tainus, and I'm only going to judge according to what I understand. It says, that he will automatically understand things differently. He will understand things for the benefit of the person that gave his bribe, even if it's even subconsciously. So we see even the love of Chachma, which comes from Bithel, so he's being mavatal his mind to listen to what's going on to both of those Tainus, his mind itself could be still somewhat perverted, the chachma of his mind could be perverted and will be salik dibrich tzaddikim and bribery will have, will have an effect on it. So, the question, of course, is, so how can a person ever uh, know that he's doing the right thing? How can he have that assurance that he's going in the right way? And um, that's what our parsha is trying to tell us. And to even make this question stronger, the Rebbe tells us the famous story of Yechonim and Zakai. That we know that Rabbi Yechon Zach, when he was on his deathbed, he was crying, and his student said, Why are you crying? So he says, Because I don't know which I see. He says, I don't know which path I'm going, the path of Ganadin or the opposite path. Of course, ha, ha, ha. so the question Chasidis asks is, How could he have such a shy? Rabbi Yechon Zach is a person that didn't walk Daladamas without Torah, without uh, his tefillin, without Torah. How could it be possible that he didn't know which way he was going? So Chasidis explains it's true that with his Machshava Dibur Maisa, 
and his seichel and his midas, he was a perfect tzaddik. But Rabbi Yechonon Mezakri was worried about, he wasn't even, he wasn't worried about his, uh, his Esar Kreichas and Nefesh, he wasn't even worried about the Kreich HaChachma, because he knew he never took any bribes, he knew he looked at things objectively when he was judging and learning Tyra. What he was worried about was the Etzim Upinius Nafshay. He didn't know what his motives were. He says, yes, I'm doing everything right, but what's the motive that's making me do all these things? And as the Rebbe explains in uh, um, the Ara here, Ara 33, that when, when, when the Hasidists use the Lashon of, of, of Etzim Opinius Nafshay, what we're referring to is the, is the Chaya of the Nisham. The Nisham has five names. Yechida is the one that's the essence of the Nisham, which is connected to Hashem. That can never be affected in any way. That always remains perfect and connected to Hashem. But when we're talking about the lower levels, when you talk about the chai of the neshama, that's the, that's the personality of the shama, but it's not, uh, that's the rutsen of the neshama, the desires of the neshama. Those are kaychas that could be affected by the nefesh bahamas. Those are kaychas that c- come into the body, and the nefesh bahamas also has its desires, and it also has its rutsenis. So the chai of the neshama ruchnius is, is kenega the chai uh, of, of the nefesh bahamas. And because they're enclosed within each other, there could be a certain uh, tinge of mixed of evil which comes in there. And therefore, the person that has both of these kaychas within him is able to unfortunately contaminate even the chai of his, uh, of his neshama. So, Abizai, Rabbi Yechim and Zachary was worried. True, everything that I'm aware of is perfect, but I don't know what my inner motives are. What's my subconscious? Is my subconscious a pure neshama dikachaya? Chai of the neshama is a pure and, and or or is in the subconscious of myself, a mix of these two koiches of the neshama, the chai of the neshama, and also the opposite, which is nefeshamas. Therefore, he says, because I don't know what my ultimate subconscious motive was that made me do everything that I was doing throughout my life. So the etzah that we learn from this parsha is the idea of you need to have the tenuah of Mesir's nefesh. When a person is, is, is willing to give up his ruts and for Hashem, he's able to sacrifice everything for Hashem, that's clear then, either it makes, I mean, it might be two things. First of all, like, it makes clear what his motives truly are, because it's not about himself, because he's going on the Sir Snappish. He's giving up what his desires are. And second of all, it also changes who he is. The more you are being Sir Snappish, it actually changes who you are. It changes you from the panemius and the essence of Yunashama. And as the Rebbe says, when you change the penis, you're changed through every time you do Masir's Nefesh, you give up your ruts and for Hashem, that actually transforms who you are. You become more of a person your ruts becomes Hashem's ratzen. And that automatically will change your Chachma and change the Bina and change all the other parts uh, of your uh, Neshama, of, of, of your of your and Nefesh. And the way how do we see, the Rebbe doesn't say this clearly, but how do we see the Tnu of Masir's Nefesh in this Parsha, it's because you have to remember what the, what the whole story is. The Parsha is talking about a person that his family members are trying to entice him to do a Vedazar. And what you're, he's supposed to do is, he's not supposed to listen to them. He's not supposed to have, it says, don't have mercy on him. Don't, don't listen to them. Don't, don't, like, like, don't show them any type of love. Don't cover up for them. Rather, what you're supposed to be doing is you're trying to entrap your family members and ultimately try to unfortunately get them be legally chayv misa, be chayv skila. So Mesir Snefesh is you're giving up the things that you love, your chavivos, as it says. These are the people who are most chaviv and most precious to you. And when you're giving them up for Hashem, that's the greatest level of Mesir Snefesh that a person has. It's not only Mesir Snefesh, your own desires, Mesir Snefesh of those who are giving up those who are closest to you uh, for the sake of Hashem, which is the hardest thing a person could do. And um, as it says in the next parsha, it's the idea of the Ir Hanadachas, but it says that when you destroy the Ir Hanadachas, it says Hashem will give you Rachamim, vi Rachamachas. Hashem will give you Rachamim, and He will give you the idea of Rachmanis. So the Kedis Yitzchak explains that contrary to what you might think, that when you destroy an Ir Hanadachas, that that's, that's a sign of cruelty, and it will create within you an emotion, a, a midah of cruelty. Hashem says, no, that's not what, that's not true. But this is an idea of Rahmanis because you're showing Rahmanis to the entire Jewish people. So this is the greatest form of Rahmanis and love to the Jewish people is that you're getting rid of this type of um, city that can cause great destruction to the, all the people. 
And therefore, says Hashem will give you rachmi, mida k'nege mida. And even more than that, riachamecha, he will implant within you the mida of rachmanis within your neshama. So instead of your feeling that if I'm doing something cruel, I'm killing people, that's going to cause me to have a mida of achzarius. On the contrary, Hashem says, I'm promising you by doing this, you'll have the mida of rachmanis implanted with you. So same thing over here, when you're doing what Hashem wants, and you're doing this in Sir Snefesh, it doesn't bring you down to a lower level, but on the contrary, it elevates you and elevates every part of you to a much greater level.